Tanya for the 13th of Tevis is in Pedic Tess, chapter 9. It's on page 138 in Lessons in Tanya. In the beginning of chapter 9 of Pedic Tess, the Alter Rebbe says that the place of the godly soul is in the brain, whereas the place of the animal soul is in the heart. In the case of the animal soul, the influence, the animal soul's influence, the emotions of the animal soul spread from the heart throughout the entire body and even rise to the mind, to the brain. Just as the blood spreads throughout the body, carrying life to every limb, including also the, the head, the animal soul whose place is in the left side of the heart, the place that is full of blood, the reason that it is connected with the blood is because blood is primarily warmth or heat, which is emotion, and the animal soul is primarily emotion, so its place is in the heart and within the heart, in that part of the heart that is the more emotional part, the more emotional part, the place with the blood. And like the blood, it gets carried from the heart to all the other limbs, including also the brain. The influence of the animal soul on the brain is that the impulses, the appetites, or the desires of the animal soul rise to the brain to stimulate a thought or a plan or a scheme as to how to fulfill or achieve the, what the emotion demands. In the case of the godly soul, the godly soul's place is in the brain. And from the brain, it spreads throughout the entire body, including also to the heart. Just as the essential life of a person is in the brain, and from the brain it spreads to, to the entire body. The, and the emotions of the godly soul are felt primarily in the right side of the heart, because the right side of the heart is more responsive to the brain and less devoted to the emotional, to the blood. And that's why the Alter Rebbe says it's the place where there is no blood in the right side of the heart. And this means that when a person understands godliness, he uses his chachma, bina, and das to understand God's closeness, which arouses and, and calls for a feeling of love corresponding to the thought, to the, to the subject, then the love is created, is born in the heart. And the same also with the feeling of glory, of tefedas, that they are born from the intellect. So now, having located both souls, each one having their own dwelling place and their own uh, organ in which they are primarily seated, we could think that there is no problem between them, that they each do their own thing and have their own place in which to do it. So then the Rebbe says that that's not unfortunately the case it says concerning Esav and Yaakov that one will prevail over the other one nation will prevail over the other nation which means that when one is up the other is down and in the Jew the animal soul is the Esav within him and the godly soul is the Yaakov within him what is the battle about? Ki nikra iktana. 
the body in Kohelis is described as the small city. A body is like a microcosm. And just as is the case with two kings who are fighting over a city, what is the battle there about? What is the purpose of the battle? Each of them, each of the kings, wants to capture the city and wants to rule in the city. What does it mean to rule in a city? To rule in a city means that the people of the inhabitants of the city will behave and live according to the king's instruction. Living according to the king's instruction can be ruling willingly or unwillingly. So the king wants not only an unwilling obedience, but that they should be responsive to him in all that he decrees. Not only that they should obey unwillingly, but that they should be responsive, willingly obey his, his decree. The same is true of the two souls. Ho'elikis, the godly soul, and also the natural soul, that is the animal soul of Klippa. The two souls are nilchomes zuim zu al haguf They're fighting with each other over the body and its limbs. And the battle is, Sheho'elikis cheftzorutzeino, chafeitzorutzeino, shetehehi levado, the godly soul wants to be the sole ruler over the person and to control all of his behavior. And just like with the king in the example, it's not enough that the people obey unwillingly, by force. The king wants them to obey willingly, to be responsive to him. The godly soul wants all the limbs of the body that they should be that they should be responsive to her dictates, to the dictates of the godly soul, and even more so, they should be completely devoted to the godly soul, completely surrendered. To what degree surrender? And to become a chariot for the godly soul. A chariot is so surrendered that it has no will of its own at all. A horse is also responsive to its rider and bottle to the rider. And, but, but its bittle does not preclude a will of its own. Whereas a chariot, the wagon, the wagon has no will of its own at all. And that's the kind of devotion that the godly soul wants of the body. The result would be the yiyu levush seho they be, the body and the, and the limbs of the body should become the garment for the ten attributes of the soul the gimel and for the three garments of the godly soul the godly soul's garments should be able to express themselves in the body and the body should be garments to the garments of the, of the godly soul so that all of it the ten powers of the soul and the three garments of the soul should all find expression in the limbs of the body. And to what degree should this devotion be 
it should be to the, the to the point where there the body is filled with godly influence alone. Veleyav is our betechem and the stranger, meaning the animal soul's influence, should never even pass by. A person can be totally devoted to a cause, and yet, without devotion, and without real concern and commitment, engage temporarily, briefly, in something opposite of what he's devoted to. So it's not a conflict of devotion, because he's devoted only to one thing, but temporarily, in passing, he can do the opposite. The godly soul doesn't tolerate such exceptions. It wants complete surrender, complete devotion, and that the devotion should be an exclusive one. It can be complete without being exclusive. In other words, the devotion is only to one thing, but temporary excursions into other things are not are not unthinkable. The godly soul doesn't accept that. The godly soul does not want even a passing um, influence of the animal soul to enter into the body. Now, more specifically, how does the godly soul enter into the body and fill the body to where nothing else, the animal soul, has no room to to enter and to influence the the behavior? It means that the three mental faculties in the head that the Chochmah, the Bina, and the Das should be filled with the intelligence of the godly soul. The Chochmah should be used only for godliness, the Bina should be used only for godliness, and Das should be only in godliness. What does it mean to use intelligence for godliness? It means to be devoted to the wisdom of God, to God's wisdom. To use the brain to contemplate God's greatness, which is infinite and without end and thereby to give birth from the Chochmah and the Bina which are the father and mother of the emotion but it has to come through Das as we learned earlier in Tanya that without Das the emotion that is created is not a valid emotion it's a fleeting imaginary emotion so through the Das the Chochmah and Bina give birth to to fear in the mind, a fear of God in the mind, and a awe of God in the heart. Actually, fear is more in the mind because it fears from a distance, the Gemara says. And pachad, which is more of a trembling, pachad comes from from up close. When we're afraid of something from a distance, it is called Yira. When we're afraid of something and it is very close, that's Pachad. So in the brain, what we feel is a, a fear, because it's still only in the brain, which means that it's still a little bit theoretic, theoretical, and therefore it's not close to the person, to where the person lives, which is in the heart. Whereas Pachad Hashem, an actual trembling, 
an actual awe, this is felt in the heart because that it's, then it's closer to the person and then it's not only a fear, it's a pachad. And then also the Chachma, the Bina, through the Das, will give birth to a love of God that burns in the heart like a flame which comes after the fear because fear is more easily aroused. Even though love is a higher emotion, but working your way towards God from the bottom up, we come to fear first and then to love. So that his soul thirsts and longs and desires to cleave to God. To cleave to God with all the heart, all the soul, and all the might, as we say in the Shema. And where does this feeling, this love, take place in the depths of the heart, in the right side of the heart? That the heart itself becomes filled with love, filled to overflowing. When it overflows, when the emotion overflows its borders, the borders being the right side of the heart, then it flows into the left side of the heart as well and has an effect on the animal soul's emotion. To, to subdue the animal soul, the unholy side, which is Yisaid HaMayim HaRoyim Shabo the element of evil waters within the animal soul. The animal soul is primarily and that's the part of the animal soul that needs most to be touched or affected. The element of water in the animal soul is the pleasure, the pursuit of pleasure that comes from Klipas Mega. The animal soul itself is not essentially unholy. In other words, it is not essentially mundane. The essence of the animal soul is the pursuit of pleasure. The fact that the animal soul's pleasure consists of physical mundane things, this is the nature of the animal soul. And in Hasidus, nature and essence are quite different things. Sometimes, in a loose sense, when we say it is the nature of the thing, we describe it as being the essence of the thing. Because it is its natural tendency. It is created that way. It's born that way. And so we tend to describe it as being its essence. But the truth is that nature is, a, is an adjective that is added to the substance. A thing exists and it has a certain nature. So the nature is added on to the, to the existence itself as, for example, of the four elements that physical things are made of, uh, fire, air, water, and earth, the truth is that earth is its essence. The other three elements are not the essence. They are more the description or the character or the nature of the thing. And that's why, in, for example, the 
the red heifer, the paraduma, what happens is you burn it on the altar, and then you take the ash, and with the ash you purify the, uh, the, the person who has become tummy. What does the ash represent? The ash represents the essence of the thing which is beyond corruption. The essence of a thing can't be corrupted. Only its characteristics can be corrupted. So when you burn away the fire, air, and water of the, of the animal, what is left is the earth. And the earth, which is the ash, is pure and can therefore be used for purification purposes. The same is true also of the animal soul. The animal soul's nature is that its desire, which is its essence, is directed and, and drawn towards physical mundane things because that's the vision, the view that the animal has of its condition, of its world, of its environment. The essence of the animal soul is the desire for pleasure. But that the pleasure should always be found in physical mundane things this is already a secondary nature given to the animal soul. So the essence of the animal soul is its desire, its passion. And that is affected when the godly soul's love is so intense that it overflows its border and flows into the left side of the heart, into the animal soul's desires. There, as he says on top of page 143, it changes the desire of the animal soul from desiring physical pleasures, worldly pleasures, to wanting godliness, to a, to a love for God. As it says in the Shema, with all your heart, and the Gemara explains, Why did it say with two basin? It could have said with one basin. Levavacha means both hearts. Both hearts meaning both natures. That even the animal soul comes to love God. Now this happens. The animal soul is moved to loving God not only by a certain quantity of love on the part of the godly soul, so that there is so much quantitatively that it overflows into the animal soul's part of the heart and influences the animal soul's love. That wouldn't be... There is no quantity of love that can do that. It's a question of quality. When the love in the godly soul is a love of ava betainugim, as I'll say in a moment, then... This love, a love that contains pleasure, or that borders on pleasure, that kind of love can influence the animal soul's pleasure and turn it into something godly. But if it's a love called Aza Kirish an intense, fiery love, a fiery love means that the thing that you love and yourself are two separate things. And that's why the love is so intense, because the, the, the love has to burn up the distance that separates you and that which you love. Like excitement. A person gets excited about something not because he's very attached to it. He gets excited about something precisely because it is foreign and different. 
It's new. It's exotic. It's not his or not him. And that's why he gets excited by it. But once it becomes him, the, the excitement goes away. It becomes a deeper sort of attachment and excitement is inappropriate. And the same with Ava for God, as long as the Ava is merely intense, but hasn't become the person that is not his pleasure in life, it is a pursuit, which is what love is. And it's an intense pursuit. He wants it very much. But in saying that, we're actually saying that it is something separate from the person who wants it very much. So as long as the love is a love of fiery love, then no matter how much quantity there is, no matter how much of this love there will be, it won't change the nature of the animal soul. So what it takes is a different kind of love, which the Rebbe will explain in tomorrow's Shir. In the Hayyim Yayim for the 13th of Teves, the Rebbe writes, Kishema midim panis, when you, when you place, where you place a lantern, miskaptim hachetim ba'ez. It causes those who desire light to gather around. Ki eir mamshich, because light attracts. Lichtikait tzitzu. Light draws to itself, attracts to itself. So when we, wherever we put up a light, it attracts those who are seeking light. 